I'm Toby Leary from Cape Gunworks. I'm passionate about all things Second Amendment. While I love to shoot... Going hot. There is so much more to guns than just pulling the trigger. A free and armed society is a responsible and self-reliant one. Join us to talk all things guns, freedom, and self-defense. It isn't just about being armed. It's about being responsibly armed. So load and make ready. This is Rapid Fire. Welcome to Rapid Fire, your weekly 2A talk radio show that's sponsored by Vortex Optics and the USCCA. Make sure you tune in each and every week to rapidfireradio.us to join the conversation. And now you can call or text the Rapid Fire line, which is 508-444-2120. You can also text the Rapid Fire line, 508-444-2120. And make sure you like and subscribe and comment and share on all the social media platforms You'll find us, we're at Cape Gunworks and at Rapid Fire Radio, wherever you find your social media, uh, you should be able to find us. So um, someone hit the dead man switch on Parlor. I guess that's dead DOA and Professor Claw is still in mourning over this. He's been trying to resurrect it and keep it going, but I, I never even downloaded the app, so I feel like I'm, I'm on the... Uh, Right side of history as far as that's concerned. Oh, uh, my. <laughs> but anyway, thank you guys so much for joining us every week for your uh, dose of Rapid Fire Radio. Uh, we look forward to joining, uh, talking with you and you joining us each and every week. So uh, we got a lot to talk about today. It's not a slow news day when it comes to the Second Amendment. We have the... Anvil being held up by piano wire over the head of millions of gun owners today. And uh, in fact, we made it today's poll question, which we'll get to in a little bit. But um, the, the bottom line is tomorrow, we're recording this show on Wednesday, the, uh, May 31st. And tomorrow is June 1st, which is when the enforcement of the ATF's rule change of pistol brace, uh, braced pistols, um, whatever you want to call it, um, goes into full effect. So this has the potential to affect about 40 million Americans. And we have uh, a couple of ways of complying with this or not. Some people are saying, you know what? shall not comply. Uh, you've gone too far. And the fact that um, the ATF said for 10 years that this was legit, no problem, you can buy this, you can use it, you can shoulder fire it, you can have it on your pistol, you can have it um, for 10 years, they've said that, after saying you couldn't, and then they said you could before that. So they've waffled on this two or three times, which means they don't get the legal protection from Chevron deference. Uh, they're not even trying to make that claim anymore. They're just saying that they have, under congressional orders, basically, the they've been tasked with the enforcement of the gun laws that get passed by Congress. And they're saying... We're doing that with this. This is really 
an NFA item and it should be uh, regulated. And I think they've shown for the last 10 years that the NFA is a uh, horse whip that is probably unconstitutional. And the fact that people weren't smuggling their braced pistols under their trench coats to go out and commit mass murder uh, certainly defeats any legal, any argument about the NFA. And so also there's so many people out there that have uh, purchased suppressors in the last 10 years that I think that also proves that the NFA is, you know, unwarranted and unnecessary. Um, But we still have it as of right now. And I would love to see the NFA go away. There's been some ruling um, by the Supreme Court. They had a a 9-0 ruling in the last couple days. Um, And it's an EPA case uh, that came out and said, basically the three-letter alphabet agencies can't change the rules to fit what they want to accomplish. So the long and short of it is this couple bought a piece of property to build their dream house on. They spent a lot of money and and prepared the land, and there was some vernal pool or standing body of water in the backyard that they filled in with dirt and and to build their house on top of. And the EPA came along and said, hey, 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 this is considered a, a waterway, and it's under the... Uh, purview of the EPA, and you have to restore this vernal pool in your backyard. The Supreme Court really took them to task on this 9-0 decision and basically said, hey, you've stepped too far. You've changed the rules one too many times. You've uh, you know, twisted this logic. This isn't a waterway. This is a pool of standing water that's not connected to a larger body of water that is then connected to the ocean or a major reservoir or something like that. So this is an independent body of water. You have no jurisdiction over this, which I think is huge. It's like music to my ears. Um, but um, so as a result of this, it almost seems like the ATF is about to get smacked down in the same respect uh, as they should because they have been playing loose and fast with these these rules and changing their mind by whatever administration comes in. And I'll be the first to admit that it happened under Trump. Trump told the ATF that he tasked them with outlawing bump stocks. And so what did they do? They started to have public hearing, get uh, public input, and the NRA apparently uh, was behind it and told Trump, don't worry about this. It's a, it's a novelty item. It has no real... Uh, you know, use in in society, and therefore, uh, you know, we'll let that be the sacrificial lamb on the altar of gun control. And if that's the case, let's put it this way. I know I'm going to sound like an apologist here, but if if like the option was bump stock or an assault weapons ban. Yeah, ban the bump stock all day and let the courts work it out later as it's as the shaping up to be done. I would much rather have lost my privilege to buy or my right to buy the bump stock than to buy any semi-automatic magazine-fed rifle for the last 
you know, six, seven years, whatever it's been, five, six years. However, um, I am a not one inch. I believe our rights should be restored, not taken away. And I'm not saying I support in any way, shape, or form. But you hear people that say Trump is this master negotiator. And if all that was on the table was assault weapons ban, magazine capacity ban, you know, enhanced background checks, blah, 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 blah. And what ended up happening as a result of all of that banter and saber rattling was this temporary restriction on buying bump stocks. I think that was a win. However, I do believe that the courts will find that that too is unconstitutional and restore our right to buy those items as they should, because it's definitely not something that should be regulated by the federal government. When you, especially when you have something called the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So that's all I'm going to say about that. But that led to where we are today with the ATF taking direction from the Biden administration with frames and receivers and, and pistol brace, which is far more impactful on the country than anything the bump stock regulation did. But we'll talk about that on the other side. If you're hearing this and you don't have your gun license yet, guess what? You still need one in Massachusetts. Hopefully you live in one of the 28 states where you don't. But if you do live in Massachusetts, we have regularly scheduled LTC classes, including ladies only and couples class on June 17th. So sign up today at capegunworks.com and we will be right back after this. Firearm for personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up. Your family's safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training, legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. We appreciate you listening each and every week. You can find all of our content at rapidfireradio.us. If you missed a show and you want to hear it, go over there. You'll be able to play it at your leisure. Uh, We have a poll this week on Twitter and on rapidfireradio.us, which is, uh, well, let me read the results of last week's poll which was, who is the most 2A-friendly candidate, Trump, DeSantis, uh, Vivek, or one of the others? And we had 50% voted for Trump, 30% DeSantis, uh, Vivek was 10%, and one of the others was 10%. So uh, this week's poll on rapidfireradio.us or Twitter, type in rapidfireradio, all one word, is, with the pistol brace rule looming, And going into effect on June 1st, will you A, 
register your gun. B, remove your brace. C, join Firearms Coalition. Or D, shall not comply. Um, so you can vote over there uh, and at rapidfireradio.us or at uh, Twitter, rapidfireradio, all one word. This week's discount code for those of you playing along at home is musket. M-U-S-K-E-T. Musket will get you a very special savings off your entire order at capegunworks.com. So go ahead over there and take full advantage of this special deal that we have going on. And uh, don't forget to vote in this week's poll. We'd love to have you your voice be heard. Um, I'm going to say that I am not giving legal advice, but... Uh, I joined Firearms Policy Coalition a long time ago, and I also donated um, donated recently after seeing their victory in that Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals where they were given a preliminary injunction to this uh, pistol brace rule going into effect. So that was huge, um, and I think that they should be rewarded for their efforts throughout the country and of uh, I support the monthly, but um, so the poll results so far, I voted in it, which was join FPC, uh, is at 42%, so is shall not comply. Remove your brace is at 14%, and register your gun is at 0%. And I found that very interesting on that uh, that House Judiciary Committee hearing that uh, – when they had Stephen Dettelback, the ATF director, come in, Thomas Massey asked him, hey, how many people have registered their guns so far and taken you up on this amnesty? And he goes, ah, I'll have to get back to you on that. You know, he could have spoke very generally and said, we've had hundreds of thousands of people. We've had tens of thousands of people. We've had millions of people. But he says, I'll have to get back to you on that. Probably because it's been like five, you know, or a big goose egg. I don't know. But the bottom line is, um, what are you going to do, right? Are you going to comply? Are you going to just join FPC? So getting back to what I was saying, the Firearms Policy Coalition's victory in that preliminary injunction hearing, uh, or they were granted preliminary injunction, they asked for clarification. They said, now, who does that cover? Because it's maximum defense two named plaintiffs and Firearms Policy Coalition. And the judge cleared it up and said, yeah, if you're a member of FPC, you're covered. So anyone who's a member of Firearms Policy Coalition is covered under the the preliminary injunction. So you don't have to hide the dog. You don't have to, um, you know, worry if you're a card-carrying member of FPC. You might still need to hide the dog because... Uh, ATF's been known to just show up at people's houses lately, but hopefully, um, as soon as you show them the, the membership at FPC, you'll be good to go and they'll turn around and walk away. Uh, hopefully that's the way it goes. What do you guys think? You think there's going to be enforcement on that? You think that people are going to, um, go to jail? They're going to do the perp walk. Are they going to start arresting people, uh, who are unknowingly, uh, Non in non-compliance because again this has the ability to affect forty million people. Um, I don't know how many members of FPC there are, but the bottom line is that's a lot of people. And I said it before, and I'll say it again. But in that same Dettelback 
House Judiciary hearing, uh, Thomas Massey asked, uh, well, he, he made a statement and he said, hey, when the street sweeper was made into a destructive device, it affected 2,500 oh, people and they were given seven years to comply. This affects 40 million people and they've been given 120 days. Sounds like entrapment to me. But what do you think? Uh, sound off in the comments. Let us know. Give us a call at 508-444-2120 on the rapid fire line, 508-444-2120. And uh, we'll we'll get to your calls. Also, uh, another monstrous thing that's happened is Los Angeles County and Polymer 80 have reached a settlement on ghost gun sales. I think this is a terrible, terrible precedent to set. I understand probably why they did it, but even still, it's it's sad. And what we, we actually talked about this on the Grace Curley show yesterday. Uh, this news hadn't broke yet, um, but we talked about the Mean Arms case that Letitia James is suing Mean Arms, a company that made some products for uh, compliance in banned states. And they're getting sued for their lawfully sold legal product that enables people to um, be in compliance with the law. And they're getting sued for somebody who illegally modified their weapon and then went out and murdered people. So, uh, you know, a, a manufacturer being sued for the acts of a psychopathic killer is wrong in every which way. Anyway, um, there's an article on Bearing Arms by Tom Knighton on this, and uh, the lawsuit that was settled says, uh, Los Angeles City Attorney Heidi Fieldstein Soto announced a $5 million settlement Tuesday in a lawsuit against Nevada-based Polymer 80, permanently prohibiting the company from selling its ghost gun kits in the state without first conducting background checks of buyers and serializing its products. As part of the settlement, the company must pay $4 million in civil penalties, and its two founders must pay an additional $1 million in civil penalties. This settlement holds Polymer 80 and its founders accountable keeps guns out of the hands of prohibited people, makes L.A. neighborhoods safer, and will help law enforcement to their uh, their jobs, do their jobs, Fieldstein Soto said in a statement. More than 16,000 people have been killed by gun violence so far in 2023, and this is an important step toward preventing unnecessary deaths, especially as Congress repeatedly fails to take action. So... Uh, <laughs> What they're implying is that these 16,000 people have been killed by ghost guns? I don't think so. That, But they're making Polymer 80 pay the price for the high gun violence in the state of California. Um, Tom Knighton goes on to say, let's be real here. Few of those 16,000 people were killed with quote-unquote ghost guns. When we hear numbers of unserialized homemade firearms, they're a tiny fraction of the weapons recovered. Moreover, these recovered weren't used in homicides. When Illinois was set to pass its own ghost gun ban, we just learned how few people have been killed with such weapons. Now, that was a year ago, but in six years, we had a total of 325 homicides, 
nationwide that were carried out with so-called ghost guns. Well, I'm sure that number has since increased. Uh, they're not a real threat. And I agree with that. Like, this is like uh, the solution in search of the problem, right? So you, you see this a lot of times when celebrities tweet out things or uh, politicians tweet out things like, we have a gun epidemic in our communities. And you see, well, actually, by that standard, don't get in a car because more people die a year from cars than guns. But we want to call the gun problem an epidemic and meanwhile look the other way on cars and say, oh, yeah, that's not a problem. Just, you know, we, we don't have an issue there. Well, actually, we kind of do. But we also understand the risk involved with life in general. We all understand there's a greater risk of dying in our automobile than there is by a gun. However, we all still get in a car. We still buy new cars all the time. We still uh, trade them in and get another one. We have multiple cars in our driveway, most families these days. Um, We drive every day to work. We drive to church. We drive to the grocery store. We drive to the school. We drive to the, you know, on vacation, even on high traffic days, like day after Thanksgiving, and we drive um, on Memorial Day weekend. (laughs) There's millions of people on the road. And every 10 seconds, there's like 20 life or death decisions that you've just made driving your automobile. But we turn the other way and we just blindly say, oh, well, hey, yeah, yeah, we got a chance of dying. But And statistically, I'm sure insurance companies have an actual statistic on that as to how many people per 100,000 um, will die by automobile. Um, it's, you know... It's a pretty staggering number. Uh, so, you know, the fact of the matter is they want the argument, but they don't want to do anything about it. They they need the gun violence in the inner cities to keep the narrative going. And then you have places like Plano, Texas, which is the gun capital of the country. More men, women, and children own guns in Plano, Texas than any other part of the world. And I think it's enough guns in Plano, Texas for nine, I think there's nine point something guns per uh, every person in Plano, Texas. And and they have the lowest gun crime. You got places like Kennesaw, Georgia, which are, there's this uh, town ordinance that says you must own a firearm. They haven't had a murder since the 70s. So you can't tell me the guns are the problem. Uh, you can prove that people are the problem and banning guns are uh, you know not the solution to the gun problem quote unquote or the gun epidemic it's locking up violent felons I know this sounds like a earth shattering idea by the way we have another AR-15 build class coming on Sunday June 18th this is an epic event at our shop every 6-8 weeks that's Father's Day and go to capegunworks.com and click on the class today. What a better gift to give your dad than the gift of building his own AR-15. So check it out. We'll be back after this. This is Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Leary. Too hard to leave shots like these to chance. Now you never have to compromise performance again. 
Federal Premium Heavy Bismuth. Hits ducks and upland birds with 9.6 gram per cubic centimeter pellets sourced from Heavy Shot. 22% denser than steel. More energy downrange. Launched by the Flight Control Flex Wad, Heavy Bismuth patterns consistently and is safe in all shotguns. Loaded in the USA by Federal Ammunition. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense that you can call into. 508-444-2120 is our number here in the studio. If you want to give us a call, we'll get you on the air. You can ask your questions. You can also text 508-444-2120, and we'll read it aloud for all to hear. Um, But go ahead and drop us a line if you have, if you want to take anything I've said today to task, you think I'm way off on it, give me a call at 508-444-2120. And getting back to what I said a couple segments ago um, about, you know, Trump and the pistol brace thing, and I I, believe me, I'm not supporting that in any way, shape, or form, I think. And if the NRA was uh, complicit in that as well, if they basically guided him on what to do, I think that's all the more reason to withhold any money from the NRA at this point. Um, but you know, it's interesting if I think there was a couple of courts that have overturned that, uh, bump stock ban and they actually were trying to take the victory lap for that. So, uh, that's kind of funny. That'll put them in a awkward, it'll get a little awkward at that, uh, at that cocktail party if, uh, that's the case, but you are fake news. (laughs) So anyway, um, let's see, uh. Well, before the show, I said some things and someone's commenting on that. Uh, uh, so I'm not even going to bring that up. But does Cape Gunworks ever have a table at any gun shows and why aren't there more shows in Massachusetts? That's a great question, uh, Vance. Um, we do. We've started going to all the gun shows lately. And uh, there's not another one till September, to my knowledge. And the gun shows are an interesting phenomenon I think they are a time capsule. They're stuck in 1993, 94. Haven't really had a reset or an update in a while. We've had some, I was on G-Web's podcast to talk about this a little bit and what we could do about updating the gun show and bring it into the 21st century, make it a little bit more fun. And um, yeah, so I know Gun Owners Action League in Massachusetts used to, run all the gun shows and I don't think they've done that in years. They kind of just show up and man a table there. But um, yeah, so it's, I think they're in desperate need of some new life or else they're just going to go away because they're not going to be sustainable, but we've done it just to support it. And I think it's kind of cool because if you think about it, whether the guy is there selling Ginzu knives or Amsoil or, Uh, jerky or coffee or t-shirts or patches or militaria bayonets whatever the guy or gal that is there with a table is selling they're obviously 2a supportive so for that reason i think gun shows should be supported i think they should be well attended and i think we should donate the 15 bucks or whatever it is to get in and the people who haven't gone to gun shows in 20 years hear that that it's 15 bucks to get in are you kidding me like that's ridiculous 
It's actually not. It's super cheap if you think about it. And 15 bucks, if you're like doing the the math formula in your head, like I got to add the $15 to the 10 boxes of ammo I'm going to try and get super cheap, cheaper than I can at the gun shop from Billy Bob who reloads in his basement or his garage while watching the local football game. Uh, and that's going to make it almost not, you know, it's going to make it cost prohibitive to go support the gun show, <laughs> to go to the gun show. I think you're missing the point. Like support those that support the 2A is the way I see it. So hopefully we can find some ways to breathe fresh new life in the gun shows. I, for one, am open to suggestions and would love to see it. I'd love to see it become like a mini shot show where there's a fear of missing out. Like if you didn't go to the gun show this weekend, you missed meeting Jerry Michalik or you missed, uh, you know, Lena Michalik or whatever, whoever your favorite gun person is, or you missed the, the legal seminar with Gun Owners Action League or uh, Andrew Kuchar or Keith Langer or Jason Guida. Sorry, guys, I'm nominating you for a future job, but um, you missed out, right? The, I want gun shows to be like FOMO, fear of missing out. And yeah, there's some cool stuff that you can't know, you don't see every day walking into a gun store. Like that's what we would bring when we went. We'd always bring like the Barrett 50 or would bring a belt fed 1919 semi-auto or would bring, you know, some really unique, cool, uh, cool gun that people don't get to see every time. And I had more people just taking their picture with the 50, you know, the Barrett 50. And so anyway, let's, let's figure out ways to strategize, to breathe new life into them. I think it would be cool and make them more like a consumer-based shot show on a mini scale, get vendors involved, get people involved, get some good food involved. And, uh, yeah, so anyway, um, that's the way I see it. Davey points out that if you own a brace pistol, uh, go donate 20 bucks to FPC, and the rule will not affect you because you'd be considered a member. Uh, So what do you think about that? There's a lot of controversy about that right now. 508-444-2120 is the live phone number if you want to call into Rapid Fire or give us a text at 508-444-2120. G-Webs is pointing out that Trump could have learned the message from the D.C. project and created awareness. He chose to stick with talking points in the left uh, and left the status quo exist on the gun narrative. Big loss of potential there. I would agree. I think that Let's let's face it, Trump's not a gun guy. His kids are, but he isn't, and I wish he would take more advice from his kids as far as guns are concerned. Um, and I've, I've also encountered this with other politicians, and I don't think Trump is your typical politician. However, um, on this particular case, I think he was acting like a politician, and that is, you know you're going to tick off some of your base, but the majority of people are going to support what you say, so therefore... We're going to go with it. Um, I think that was a missed opportunity. I think you're right. He could have um, said, hey, you know what? This isn't an issue of any gun or item or accessory. It is, you know, because what you're doing is you're conceding the point. You're conceding the whole argument. You just conceded all of the arguments gun controllers make. And that is that the pro- the problem is an object. And I think that's the problem is the problem isn't the object. It's the person. And it's the fact that, you know, you were called out to their house 40-something times in the case of Nicholas Cruz. Or uh, you were on the terrorist watch list in the case of the San Bernardino uh, shooters. Or um, you were 
you know, able to buy guns even after having serious mental illness issues and been on a government mandated uh, psychotropic medication. So all those are government problems as far as I see them. They're a breakdown in the government. They have nothing to do with the responsible citizen. They have nothing to do with the uh, average gun owner. They have nothing to do with the manufacturer. They have nothing to do with the dealer or the distributor. This is a problem and a breakdown with the system that we've come to rely on in government. It's like Ronald Reagan said, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Well, usually they screw it up, right? And whenever we want to say that uh, these people can't own guns and use government as the uh, the benchmark of how to prevent them from getting guns, they're going to fail because that's the system that we're now relying on. And I would even argue that it has a lot to do with at the NRA's suggestion. Um, this whole NICS check is part of the NRA's suggestion. So the, the bottom line is, if we could get away from using gun control as the problem solver and get back to criminal control as the problem solver, like stop letting violent criminals out repeatedly, stop rewarding bad behavior, stop allowing people to walk in and loot $999 worth of stuff out of your average retail location because your new uh, arrest benchmark is $1,000 worth of goods. So you see people walk in with a shopping cart and a trash bag and fill it and walk out, and nothing happens. Well, that's, that's a problem. We don't have to live with that. We never did before, and I don't think we should now, but... That's the state we live in in, in a lot of areas. Um, allow people to defend themselves and others and what's theirs. Um, I think the best example of that was the rooftop Koreans back in the riots in L.A. They did a phenomenal job of defending what was theirs. And, um, you know, I think we need to get back to that. Uh, he goes on to say, while he lost a little in the big picture, he, he didn't need to lose it all. And a win could have changed the Democrat Party as the gun topic will divide them. That's true. That's a very good point as well. Um, let's see. Uh, G. Webbs is pointing out that there's a million plus members of FPC last he heard. I bet you that's probably doubled in the last couple of weeks, I would think. Um, but I don't know, at least the last week since that uh, rule change, uh, since that preliminary injunction. Um Let's see. Uh, yeah, and Skilled says, I have five cars in his driveway because I said, you know, we all have a car or two in the driveway. He's got five. Uh, it actually sounds like my driveway, although my son has three of them. Anti-gunners. Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, the right to keep and bear SUVs, convertibles, trucks shall not be infringed. I agree. I will not. You'll take, take my, take them away from my cold, dead hands. Um, <clears throat> giving people an opportunity to make something of themselves, perhaps we'd have less gangbangers. Maybe that could be. Um, one thing that's back, guys. It's been a very popular class here at Cape Gunworks. Is our pepper spray class. This is a great, less lethal alternative for people who choose to. 
buy pepper spray. And we have tons of people who come in and buy pepper spray from us that never take a class on how to use it. Or, you know, they don't carry a firearm. So I would highly recommend you go to capegunworks.com and click on the class link to sign up for the pepper spray class. More after this, we'll get to your questions and your chat. And this is Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Leary. We'll be right back. firearm for personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up. Your family's safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training, legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. Check out something that's really cool here. Safe, semi, and what? Third position? How is that possible? Oh, because it's equipped with the binary trigger. So yes, that means it shoots when you press it and release it on binary mode. So pretty cool gun. And it's a factory fixed mag AR, so you get a modern AR with all the cool features that you're not normally allowed to have in this state unless it's a free band. But because it's a fixed mag, you can have it. So these are wicked popular here at Cape Gunworks. And we're really happy to have them as the rapid fire gun of the week. Super cool gun, fixed mag, modern AR with a binary trigger. So go to rapidfireradio.us and use code GOW at checkout. Scroll down until you see the gun of the week. And there it is in all its glory, Franklin Arms, binary, Fixed Mag AR. So check it out, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show about guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And there's a recorded message to all of our listeners for the Gun of the Week segment. I've been told not to handle guns live on the air, and I've begrudgingly agreed. So we're trying not to get deplatformed and kicked off again. So uh, here we are. That's the new way uh, to do Gun of the Week. And what else is pretty cool is, and I think they need a lot of support right now, is um, the Mean Arms MA loader that top loads those guns through the ejection port directly into the magazine. These Mean Arms MA loaders, we have them in stock in packs of three. And uh, Mean Arms needs our support because they are being sued by the tyrant Letitia <clears throat> James uh, in New York. She's the New York Attorney General. 
Uh, there's an article, I've mentioned this p- before, this was back in May, but, excuse me, it is May, <laughs> back uh, May 13th, uh, New York Attorney General Letitia James has taken legal action against, uh, and this is on amoland.com, by the way, by uh, F. Real, the editor-in-chief, has taken action against Mean Arms, a Georgia-based gun accessory manufacturer, for their alleged involvement in the illegal possession of assault weapons in New York. The lawsuit follows the tragic incident in Buffalo where a shooter used a Mean Arms magazine lock, known as the MA lock, to replace magazines in his AR-15 and carried out a mass shooting that claimed the lives of 10 individuals. According to the lawsuit, Mean Arms deceptively promotes the mass the MA lock as the device that makes weapons compliant with New York gun laws. However, it is alleged that the lock can effortlessly be removed, allowing the shooter to add a 30-round detachable magazine to the firearm used in the massacre. The Attorney General argues that Mean Arms marketing practices and instructions on how to remove the lock contribute to the illegal possession of assault weapons in the state. Attorney General James uh, danced in the blood of the Buffalo shooting, calling it one of the darkest days in the history of New York and the nation while dramatically claiming that the harm caused cannot be undone and she aims to seek justice for the lives lost by the acts of a madman by now pursuing legal action against Mean Arms. The New York lawsuit seeks several remedies including a halt to Mean Arms operations in New York resulting damages and civil penalties for the company's alleged violations of uh, state laws. Moreover, the Attorney General intends to force Mean Arms to issue corrective statements regarding the misleading claims about the MA lock. Well, you can read the article for yourself over there. This is a tragic um, situation that's being exploited by a uh, gun-grabbing attorney general that loves to violate your constitutional rights even further than uh, she's been doing. And uh, we need to support Mean Arms because they are a great company. Uh, But anyway, tell us what you think. Call or text 508-444-2120 and use the discount code GOW for Gun of the Week. Go to rapidfireradio.us and click on Gun of the Week button in the banner to get the Gun of the Week and you'll get a very special discount. We will be right back after this. I'm Toby Liberty. Personal Defense Network. For years, we've been the internet's leading destination for high quality information on equipment, training, and your preparation for personal or home defense. Our videos are meant for those who are serious about enhancing their ability to use efficient techniques to survive a dynamic critical incident. But now we've stepped things up even higher. We've added hours of high quality training videos just for our premium members. This content takes the body of work that is the Personal Defense Network up to an even higher level. Our goal with the Personal Defense Network is simple. Provide you with the highest quality video learning tips that are available. You'll find them inside of the premium membership. All you have to do is choose how to get started, and I'll see you on the inside. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show about guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. Don't forget today's poll question, which is, with the pistol brace rule going into effect June 1st, will you register your gun, remove your brace, join Firearms Policy Coalition, or shall not comply? 
So go ahead and vote in the poll. Let your voice be heard. It's at rapidfireradio.us or Twitter. Search Rapid Fire Radio, all one word. And the poll results so far are shall not comply has taken the lead at 55%. Join FPC is 33%. Remove your brace is at 11%. And coming in at 0% is register your gun. So no one's taking the bait. No one's taking the, the, come on, I'm from the government. You can trust me and get that amnesty, you know, NFA, SBR registration. I'm from the government, and I'm here to help. That's right. Um, So go over to the Rapid Fire Radio Twitter page and vote Rapid Fire Radio, all one word. And this week's discount code is musket. So if you want to put in the word musket, that is the original uh, 1776 assault weapon. And uh, it's what gave us our freedom, right? So... That's, I think, a rapid-fire musket, but it's a modern musket. Let's put it that way. Not much has changed. It's a bearable arm. Uh, so anyway, uh, musket will get you a very special discount off your entire order at rapidfireradio.us or capegunworks.com. Um, so we have a little bit of a glitch in our system, and I can't announce the winner of last week's giveaway yet. We will get to that next week, but this week we have a new product at Cape Gunworks that we're partnering up with. And for those of you out doing yard work and not coming to Cape Gunworks, you got to swing in for your hydrangea fertilizer. Uh, We have the Cape Cod Challenger Green Fertilizer. This is a local company that is awesome. It's a good friend of mine who owns it. And 100% of the profits go to support the Cape Cod Challenger Cup programs. Uh, this is a, uh, a company that's designed around uh, people with special needs, and they are doing a phenomenal job of making this incredibly organic uh, fertilizer. They turn food waste from schools into fertilizer. It's a super cool concept. Ace Hardware Stores have picked this up. There's a couple different varieties. I'm giving away a couple bags of this uh, today. So go to rapidfireradio.us and sign up to win. Uh, you're going to get some this awesome hydrangea. This is their best seller, but we have other kinds as well. And this is for sale at the shop now. We're pretty excited about that. So um, not a gun, not a gun issue, not a gun thing, but it's still a worthy product to support. So, And we're happy to be partnered up with them. Interesting from the text line, we got uh, a question here. I recently took the CCW training at your facility, and I'm also interested, uh, interestingly enough, listed as one of your uh, listed to listened to one of your recent shows discussing the difference between the right to bear arms and the professional licensing questions. Um, as soon as I took the required training, I mailed my application for a non-resident permit. I just heard back today that my scheduled interview is February 15th, sorry, February 14th, 2024. How is this possibly legal for the state to take this long? How is this legal? I am a property owner in Massachusetts, but a resident of VA. Is there anything that can be done other than just wait for February for my interview? 
That's a great question, and I would highly suggest you reach out to attorney Keith Langer or Jason Guida or Andrew Kucher and see if they can help you with this. Um, I would also say that if you're a property owner in Massachusetts, try to apply for the resident license to carry. Uh, that would probably be my first option that I would suggest is instead of the non-resident, go for the resident if you're a property owner here. So, um, And uh, hey, KP, we thank you for listening on your AirPods while grocery shopping. Thank you very much. It's a good use of uh, technology right there. So uh, we appreciate that. Um, but so getting back to the texter, I, I would say that, um, yeah, that's a tough, tough one, but I would reach out to an attorney and, tr or, and, or try to get a resident license to carry in whatever town your property is owned in. So there you go. Um, let's see, uh, what do we have in stock to defend against sharks? <laughs> um, Nothing. Just uh, adrenaline, pure adrenaline. Get get paddling quicker or something. Uh, so yeah, good luck with that. Or maybe, I don't know, uh, we all swim in the water in the ocean and uh, even around seals and sharks and never had an issue. But uh, yeah, don't watch Jaws. That's how you defend against sharks. Um, so binary trigger, you press it and it goes bang, yes. And then when you release the trigger, it goes bang. So that's in that third position. So first position safe, second position is semi-auto. So you press the trigger every time it goes bang. And then you can flick it to the third position, which is binary. So you press the trigger, it fires. When you release the trigger, it fires. Press the trigger, it fires. Release the trigger, it fires. And if you're pretty quick with your finger, you can get a pretty good rate of fire going. So it's pretty fun. Um And Davey says, binary is great. The ATF will be coming for it eventually, though. I don't think so. Unless, well, it depends on what happens with the forced reset triggers. So the forced reset triggers, they originally said are okay, and now they're saying that they are machine guns. And if they are allowed to continue to push this, that they are machine guns, then maybe they'll expand that into binary triggers, which is, by definition, not a machine gun. Uh, so... But, you know, they push that envelope, as we've seen with the rule change from uh, pistol braces and frame and receivers and now the forced reset triggers and bump stocks and everything else. So addressing the mental illness, fatherless home and get rid of the criminal empowerment zones are and encouraged to make it easy for people to protect themselves would go a long way in fixing the problem. I would agree with that um, and definitely close the border. Is a trigger crank, binary trigger, the same thing or different? Um, no, it's different, ASD. So a trigger crank is something that like bolts onto the gun and has this like old school Gatling gun type crank. Um, and that is explicitly banned now in Massachusetts along with bump stocks. Um, I don't think they're federally banned, but um, so, yeah. Um, but they're different. The binary trigger is just... An aftermarket drop-in trigger that fires when you pull and fires when you release. And Franklin Arms makes a whole bunch of them. Uh, they make them for like the CZ Scorpion, the Ruger 1022, AR-15, AK-47. Um, what other what other guns do they make them with uh, for? Uh, 
I think they make them for the APCs, the BNT APC now. They make them for the HK MP5 and all the clones. So they're pretty cool. They can be a little testy and quirky, but they're they're really cool. Um, uh, Davey says that 50 will take out a shark. Yeah, that's true. I guess uh, you could carry a big revolver, but that'd be get some weird looks. Um, yeah, Jared was last day in mass was today. Uh, there goes a really good Patriot. There's no doubt about it. Um, Jared from guns and gadgets is, uh, not looking in the rear view mirror as he's driving out of the state and, uh, God bless him. I, my heart goes with him, but I think, uh, there's something to be said for staying and fighting, um, but I'm not surprised and I'm not, I don't, you know, I don't tell him he's a quitter for cutting and running <laughs> or taking the easy way out. Uh, I understand the sentiment behind it. At some point, living under tyranny just isn't fun anymore. And when you do it for forever, um, that's what happens, you know. HPS, where you been hiding? How you doing, bud? Good to see you. And, uh, so in mass, trigger crank is a machine gun, but not the other quick shoot stuff, right? Uh, don't give them any ideas, ASD. But um, yeah, so one thing Massachusetts is really good at is just lumping a whole category of something into a description. Like they did this with tasers and stun guns after the Supreme Court smackdown from Caetano. Uh, Caetano was a case where a girl who was uh, violated by her abusive boyfriend chose to protect herself with a stun gun, which were explicitly banned in this state, kind of like suppressors are now, under the same type of, uh, you know, restriction. Like, you couldn't get an exemption, you couldn't get a permit to carry one. They were just banned. Electronic devices were banned. Well, um, Justice Scalia authored the smackdown to the mass Supreme Judicial Court and the legislature and said, you got to get this right. You are violating people's right to keep and bear arms. Um, these are in common and ordinary use. They're owned by millions of people throughout the country, and they are a bearable arm, and you need to um, you know, make it so that people can, can have them. And this went all the way to the Supreme Court, the Caetano case, and... Uh, this poor girl who had been a violated and abused by her boyfriend pulled it out when he came to give her another round of beatings and he left and she ended up getting arrested and charged with illegal possession of stun gun. Well, fast forward, they said, okay, we got to make these legal. So they made, they just defined them as a firearm. So now you read the description of firearm in Massachusetts and it, it gives you this big, long description of firearm. It has to have a barrel and a grip and a muzzle and a, hammer or a you know trigger and all this stuff a magazine or a cylinder or electronic device or stun gun so they just lump these things in and call them something so now they're calling stun guns firearms well that's what they did with trigger cranks and bump stocks they just said they're machine guns period and you can't own them even with a machine gun license so go figure uh, massachusetts is really good but good about just redefining things that have no actual uh, place in that definition so but they're good at it so anyway that's the end of this 
first segment. Thank you for tuning in. And remember, the show ends here, but it goes on for another hour. So tune in at rapidfireradio.us or call the text line, Rapid Fire Line 508-444-2120 and go to rapidfireradio.us to ask questions and check out some of our online content. Freedom will always be on the right side of history. I think you guys know that. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss our our next guest. We have the gun guy, Dick Heller, uh, who has been a part of many legal challenges to gun laws. And uh, it's going to be a great conversation. So you don't want to miss out. We'll be right back after this. I'm Toby Leary. This is Rapid Fire. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Once you're involved in something like this, the stress level... It can tear up a family. He said he was tried in the court of public opinion before he ever stepped foot in a courtroom, but surveillance video helped shed light on what actually happened. 50-year-old Ford employee Billy Cowart was charged with attempted murder for shooting his gun in the United Auto Workers 551 parking lot in June 2016. To have everything you work for taken away. Cohort was suspended and then terminated from his job with Ford, where he had worked for nearly two decades. To have somebody have your back and have a company that have your back, and then they put me in touch with a great attorney. That was the best feeling. Go to uscca.com to learn more about protecting yourself and your family. Alexander Hamilton said, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road Hyannis or capegunworks.com. For quite a long time, duck hunters have been shooting steel, but in the past few years, you've really seen a resurgence of a material called bismuth. And what bismuth is, it's got a density a lot closer to lead than steel, where, where steel's density is right around 7.8 or so, and lead's right around 11 grams per cc. Bismuth comes in about 9.6. So just to kind of lay it out for you, if you've got two objects flying at the same speed, the one that is denser at the same speed is going to hit a lot harder. So a great example is like how we're hunting today. We're out, we're out here on the, we're literally hunting a bay on the ocean. Fantastic spot. 
but the wind's coming in pretty hard. Normally shooting the size ducks like the Eurasian Visions and Teals that we're shooting at today, I would probably choose to shoot like a, a number four steel, but because the wind's higher, I would maybe go to a number two because I'd get more energy and let the, let the steel carry further. Bismuth allows you to go one shot size smaller and still hit the bird just as hard as you would. Now what that allows you to do, we're shooting a number three shot today, so we're getting all the pellets of a number three load but we're getting all the energy of a number two steel shot. So it's gonna hit harder, it's really gonna extend your range, still meets all the lead-free requirements everywhere you are. Just a great product, and you'll definitely notice the power that you hit the birds with. Another thing with the Federal Premium Heavy Bismuth is we're shooting the flight control wad. So you can choke that with any choke you want, whether that's ported or not. Getting incredibly tight patterns. Again, more pellets on the bird, just hits them hard. Welcome to Rapid Fire, your weekly talk radio show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense, sponsored by Vortex Optics and the USCCA. So make sure you tune in each and every week. Go over to rapidfireradio.us and get signed up to be alerted when we go live. You don't want to miss a show. And if you did miss a show, you want to go back over to rapidfireradio.us and listen to it, because we archive every show there or wherever you find your social media. And wherever you find your social media, you'll find us, Rapid Fire Radio or Cape Gunworks, and you'll get some great content in either place. So we appreciate your time uh, listening with us, and I'm really happy to have on the line with us uh, for the second time on Rapid Fire Radio, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, Richard Heller, who is also known as the gun dude, right? (laughs) <laughs> the dude abides i'll buy that <laughs> uh you go by the gun guy or the gun dude i can't remember uh gun dude gun dude my, right. my handlers prefer i don't use that but when everybody calls me that what can i say that's right man i say the dude abides that's yeah. that's what <laughs> and i think uh i like that name because we've had six cases now and we've won them or won very uh majority of the elements in those uh, five cases, I'm sorry, six is in the works. Wow, that's amazing, though, that, uh, you know, well, number one, let's, let's, for those who somehow have been living under a rock and don't know what the <laughs> heck we're talking about, why don't you tell everybody about yourself and what it is you've been doing for the last 20 years, and uh, how your name has become synonymous with Uh, the Supreme Court and landmark decisions. So uh, go ahead, uh, real quick, tell everyone about about a little bit about yourself. Let's see, that's about a four or five hour open-ended question, (laughs) isn't it? I mean, the whole book already? (laughs) The elevator pitch version. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, uh, my favorite new expression is uh, the Dick Heller gunfight started in 1976. So if you do the math, there's a whole bunch of years. Yeah. Like what, 40 something? Well, I was one when you started. So. <laughs> 1976 yeah. and 25 and 20 more. That's hell, that's 45 years. My 40, gosh. 40, I hate to say it, but it's 47. 47. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, see, I should be living on, I should have been living on a boat for the last few years, like I did when I was 30. Yeah. Uh, but instead, I continue to to read and research and write my book and grind away and give no quarter. 
Okay, that's why we have uh, there's there's eight that I could name right now, and there's probably about three more on the drawing board. I mean, we just they're just you can't quit. Yeah, you know, I mean, George Washington and and Ben and the boys, they had they had blood in the snow. You know, they couldn't quit. Right, and <laughs> don't make me cry now, but thank God they did not. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. We wouldn't be uh, having this conversation, I'm sure, if that was the case. Um, but I think that's great, and and the fact that patriots like you don't quit is what you know. The rest of us who kind of live vicariously through you and support the organizations that uh, sponsor these type of lawsuits um, is is really the patriots' work in this day and age. It's to it's to rally around people who are putting themselves out there. They're you know putting their financial future on the line. They're willing to be the uh, conduit to challenge these illegal gun laws uh because you know i feel that all 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 of these laws are infringements on our rights and you know we we can win them back but we just need to have uh we need to have our day in court and that's been a problem especially for us in massachusetts where district court after district court have dismissed a lot of these cases and thanks to this bruin decision which i heard artfully explained is really just a lesson to the lower courts of the Heller decision. (laughs) And, and I think that's a very accurate description of it because what happened after your landmark case that went to the Supreme court is there was certain lower courts that didn't comply. Right. So they had to go to McDonald. Yeah. So then they went to McDonald. That that happened five minutes after that magnificent Scalia decision to drop the dime for, for Otis and Laura and uh, Kathleen and John Lawson in Chicago. Mm. And so because the court systems were failing to comply, it seems like this Bruin decision, the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association v. Bruin, basically gave them the framework that they have to, and this is how you comply. They eliminated that whole two-step interpretation of, uh, you know, which I think was very good, but it wasn't really new information. It was just... (laughs) Hey, you know this has been decided on many times, or two times in the last twelve years. You got to start following the lead here, and, and I still want to do a two-step intermediate scrutiny. Right? Yeah, and I love uh, Justice Thomas's words. We found that this is one step too many, <laughs> and we're not a second. We're not a second. Uh, what's a second-rate um, right? Yeah, second-class right, or something like that. What yeah. was really neat is. Uh, uh, shortly after McDonald, the, you had the uh, Massachusetts, your state's case, Caetano. Yep. And when Alito added a concurring opinion, which means he added to the original decision, um, that he made the statement that goes back thousands of years. Now, after uh, when I, we had our first court case, I didn't know anything about the Second Amendment. It's just I wanted my gun, right? And it, mm-hmm. Second Amendment says I can have it, and that is about I was about that thick. And uh, then after people started asking me questions, I figured I better learn something. So I guess for about the last 14, 15 years, I've been uh, studying and researching and reading everything I can get my hands on. And you discover that um, that the, the the equivalent Alito's statement. Uh, that no weapon uh, to save your life can be unconstitutional. Mm. 
Uh, you know where that came from? No. That came from 51 years B.C. Cicero said, no weapon in defense of your life is immoral. Mm. Wow. And then Tiberius, I think it was Tiberius Caesar had said that a couple hundred years before, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so you go back from what Alito said, it, it was a new idea because nobody's promoting what Cicero and, and Tiberius had stated about defending your life, how precious life is. Right. Uh, and as soon as I read that, I said, this is going to be big. And you've heard in every gun case, Caetano has been mentioned. Mm. Yeah, and I, you know, getting back to that two-step scrutiny, I believe Caetano is still in violation of the Constitution uh, as it's being applied in our state uh, because we didn't take (laughs) Justice uh, Scalia's advice and getting it right. All they did was redefine a stun gun as a firearm, and now you need to have a license to carry in order to purchase a stun gun or a taser in this state, which is absolutely ridiculous. Of course, and Alito will not stand still for that. Right. Hopefully not. So I, I would love to see that challenge. In fact, um, I was actually called upon to be an expert witness in a, in a case about um, stun guns. And if you read the definition of firearm in this state, it talks about a barrel and a grip and a hammer or a cylinder or a you know, uh, muzzle and sights and everything else. And a stun gun doesn't have any of those things. But they have this comma or stun gun you know so they don't describe the stun gun they just put a comma in there and insert stun gun so massachusetts is really good at bastardizing definitions to fit how they want to apply law whether it's constitutional or unconstitutional they're going to do it anyway so uh that's what they do and uh hopefully that will one day have its day in court because i think all bearable arms should not be infringed and they are. They're twisted into pretzel knots in places like Massachusetts and D.C., where you uh, have all your legal challenges, right? And what are we going to do about it? There is a solution. I agree. I agree. Uh, last time we talked, we mentioned briefly um, about the Murdoch v. Pennsylvania 1943 case, which says basically that you can't charge a fee sell a license, or sell a permit for the enjoyment of a enumerated right, federally protected enumerated right. And you said, thank you for reminding me about that. I knew I had some homework to do, and you you were looked like you were going to be off to the races. I don't know if you've uh, included that on any of your upcoming legal challenges or not, or... Uh, Actually, I called some... I called the Washington Post, and I said, uh, the First Amendment is... uh, on par with the Second Amendment, and why do I have to pay a 5% tax on the newspaper? Hmm. And uh, I can't remember what the answer was, but it, <laughs> they said, oh, well, we're just treating that like a normal product. <laughs> and, well, okay, not unreasonable. Maybe it is unreasonable. But at the same time, um, the... Uh, when you go down to register a firearm, there's a $13 fee, and you say, well, we shouldn't have that fee. And, you know, if you 
there's a there's an interesting uh, concept called pay for use, mm. and maybe it's not fair for the taxpayers that hate guns to pay that thirteen dollar fee out of the general coffers. And at the same time, they shouldn't be using government money to try to take our guns away from us. Okay, we haven't pushed back on that issue yet. Right. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think the only way we can push back uh, is the is the um, the nineteen sixty six I think Supreme Court Bivens decision. Uh, anything you ever discuss? Bivens. Okay, six FBI. Uh, I think they were narc agents uh, in a sealed uh, hearing at the Supreme Court produced the decision that said um, when agents of the government violate your civil liberties, then they can be held financially accountable. Love that. So I think these agents kicked in the guy's door and tore up his house or something. Mm. So apparently they had to pay for it out of their own pocket. Uh, because I they 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 went in without a warrant. That's mm. what it was. So that was a, an egregious violation. Yeah. So, you know that that's something we need to be thinking about. Uh, for instance, as an example, when Roger Stone's door was almost kicked in with with ten uh, squad cars full of about twenty or thirty SWAT people for a guy that's sixty five years old and moves slowly. Um, and the Catholic uh, guy that had his door kicked in at five in the morning in front of his family uh, to serve a, 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 a shoving warrant, mm. that's a violation. That's yeah. overzealous, extreme. That seems like it should be challenged. And they do the same thing with, with red flag laws. And, uh, for instance, there's a fellow in Maryland um, that they kicked in his door at 5.17 in the morning, and he was 65 years old. And my my thought was, why couldn't I just wait until 9 o'clock when he comes outside to get his paper and say, hey, excuse me, Mr. Smith, could we have a chat? No, they had to go in with a SWAT team. Right. And he's dead. Ugh. Okay? Totally unnecessary. That's crazy. Um, we need to, those... We need to get this idea of, and I, Bivens has been shaved off and and uh, chopped up. Um, it doesn't have the power it had 40 years ago, just because that's what government does. If it's anti-government, they're going to work around it like Massachusetts works around stun guns, okay? Mm. Uh, same idea. What we need to do is get, what I do is I call it, a Bivens-style recourse. That means you can go after the bastards that violate your civil rights. Yeah. Okay? And there's plenty of them. Oh, I agree. I'm glad you brought this up because this is extremely important in a state like Massachusetts where we have hostile actors. Our governor, who was once an attorney general, has uh, you know filed all kinds of threats towards gun shops and in their her assault weapons ban enforcement notice and all I'm all I can think of is how is it that people we elect to congress or to political positions who swear an oath to uphold the constitution then become overtly 
hostile to our rights that are enumerated and protected under the Constitution that were granted by God and given to us or acknowledged by our founders and uh, written down, then they can go and proceed to violate those rights. And there's, they're, they're hiding behind tax dollars and immunity, qualified immunity, and never get their feet held to the fire. You're right. Qualified immunity, different versions of it. But they take our tax money and then hurt us with right. it. Right. Yeah. Nobody's paying. We need Bivens style responses to those violators of our civil rights. Connivers. Yeah. Treasonous. Exactly. And that that Don't is something that, no, but that's something that's so that was foundational. And it was axiomatic to me as an 18-year-old. When I went to apply for my license to carry at 18 years old, you've always needed a license uh, since I've been legally able to obtain firearms in this state. You've always needed a license in order to do that. You've, You've had to ask permission, take a class, pay a fee, get fingerprinted, photographed, background checked, and wait one to three, in my case, it was six months when I was 18 years old in order to get that issued license so that I could then go participate participate in my right to keep and bear arms. And the whole time I'm thinking, how is this legal under the Constitution? <laughs> this yeah. makes zero sense. How is this legal? Like, why is, is no one legal? standing up Absolutely. for this? <laughs> I, I don't have to do this for the First Amendment or the Fourth Amendment or the Fifth Amendment or the Fourteenth Amendment. Amendment 14. Yeah, I'm, I don't have to do any of this. Why do I have to do it for the Second Amendment? People are like, well, you, guns you, kill you, people. You've been punished. Yeah. And you didn't do anything. Right. Yeah. And all then, those I, oh, are a punishment. And then to top it all off with a cherry on top, I'm now part of the, uh, it's administered mm-hmm. by the Department of Criminal Justice. So that's who administers the license and and maintains that database of of license to carry holders in the state of Massachusetts. I'm like, what do I have to do with the Department of Criminal Justice? And I felt like I'm just a quick, I'm just one quick law change or one quick rule change away from being a felon, you know, and and next thing you know, I'm in the system. So anyway. um, You're absolutely right. The system, what you just described, it's backwards. Mm. What it should be is 100% constitutional carry for every citizen, citizen, number one, and number two, if some laws are broken, then it should be the, the onus should be on the criminal to be punished instead of law-abiding being punished. Right. Yeah, so um, have are you involved in any of the current, you said there was a current lawsuit number six, I believe you said. That, <laughs> I can't talk about it. Oh, okay. I can't, you can't show talk. my hand yet. Ah, I see. Okay. <laughs> uh, so what was number five has been resolved then, right? Oh, let's see. Number four was the uh, uh, Poly 80 gun, which, quote, ghost gun, unquote, and uh, number five was my lawyer carrying a semi could carry uh, a full magazine and a reload, which would be 20 rounds, uh, and not 21, huh. which is dumb. 
Right. But myself carrying a revolver, I could only carry 12 rounds because you were limited to one reload. Well, <laughs> that one just, they didn't think it through. Right. And the limits were simply arbitrary. Mm. You know, give me an idea. We don't know anything about guns, but give me an idea. Oh, okay. One reload. Okay. <laughs> What's a reload? I don't know. Put it in law. Maybe it's. 20, maybe it's 12. That's the way it turned out. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Um, You know, at some point I wonder, these oath breakers that get up on their podiums and take roll call votes to violate your rights, um, I wonder if how they would feel if the founding fathers were alive today. I would love to see that dress down of you know, all the patriots that died for to give us the, the form of government that we have nowadays stand up to these tyrants now that just think that because they're elected to an office that they can now deprive of us of these rights and and do and violate their oath of office in the doing of that. They're oath breakers and they're soulless creatures, as Uncle Ted Nugent loves to call them, you know. And I can't, I can't disagree with them anymore. I mean, I mean, I can't agree with that statement anymore. I feel that anyone who can stand there and raise their right hand and put their hand on a Bible and swear to uphold the and defend the Constitution against foreign and domestic, uh, you know, hostile actors, and then go into their chamber and then go ahead and vote to violate the thing that they just swore to uphold. How about? Uh Judge Kyle Duncan, is that on your radar? Uh, no, I don't believe so. You said something about that, though, uh, Stanford. Well, you know the story, right? Uh, no, why don't you? He was invited into Stanford Law School by the uh, the Federalist Society. Uh-huh. And we got in there, and the camera makes it look like there's about 100 people in there. And some of them were the students, and then maybe half of them were hecklers. And uh, uh, from he didn't get to talk. Uh, if he did, that's not what showed up. But anyway, um, the bottom. Oh, the reason it's important to us is because number one, it was at Stanford. And let me just read you what the uh, the teacher said. Uh, she said, um, "Where is this?" She said, "Your." I should have made it bigger print. Said your. Decisions are very important, such as Twitter and guns and uh, uh, gender, transgenders. So when he puts the guns in there, that means that they're being, it lets you know that they're they're anti-gun. And I think anyone that needs to use a lawyer in the future needs to basically filter who the the, the graduation, uh, the, the law school that their lawyer went to to make sure that they're on the right side of the Constitution. Um, if I needed a lawyer, I would make a point to shy away from anyone from Stanford and Harvard and Yale, mm. okay, uh, being wokey that they are. So that's just something that people need to put in their filtering process when they're looking for a lawyer. Uh, Maybe for a divorce, anybody will work, but not for constitutionality issues. Yeah. Well, even 
you you bring up a good point about this whole woke culture and the two lawyers that were involved in the New York State Rifle and Pistol v. Bruin this past June, after they successfully brought this argument to the Supreme Court and won, they were fired by their law firm afterwards because of the backlash. <laughs> yes. And then the uh, what shocked me was, uh, I forgot the Attorney General, he was he argued against us in, in uh, Heller 1, and then he argued for Bruin. And won in Bruin and lost in against Scalia, of course. Unbelievable. And just it's like, huh, how do you defend a murderer? Well, that's what they do, you know. Right. And that that, that works for our system. Yeah. Um, so, so one thing that was interesting, uh, there was a case after Heller won, which was um, the People v. Webb in Illinois, and it said that um, the Illinois Supreme Court held that. A categorical arms ban are necessarily unconstitutional, and they cited, uh, you know, the Heller, uh, the Heller Supreme Court decision that uh, the state uh, can't just categorically ban certain firearms, and it was also upheld in the Seventh Circuit uh, Court of Appeals, and yet we have places like New York and Massachusetts and California. That continue to, and Maryland that can continue to categorically ban entire types of weapons, in total violation of uh, Heller. And hopefully, their day is coming where they'll they'll be able to uh, they'll be able to set the record straight with this new uh, you know guidelines from Bruin. So, um, well, they can't categorically declare one one particular gun model uh, illegal or contraband because then they can go for number two. Mm. It's, yep. Yeah, absolutely. And, it, and that was like shrews. And that has been the the, the M.O., right? That was their oh, M.O. Yeah. for decades. Was And all the while saying, no one's coming for your guns. Yeah. <laughs> all By right. Way, here's how we have this thing called red law, but it's not for your guns. It's just for certain people. <laughs> right. And we are and here with uh, we're here with Rich Heller. So uh, on Rapid Fire to a talk show, you can call into or text your questions for Rich 508-444-2120. Uh, so don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back after this break. You're listening to Rapid Fire. for personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up. Your family's safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training, legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. 
Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex optics today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. We're here with the real Rich Heller from the Supreme Court decision. Uh, when was that exactly? In 2008? Eight. Eight? 2008. Okay. So we're having a, having a fascinating conversation. He's been a part of, now it's six different cases, and I'm sure there'll be more before uh, he's done. <laughs> uh, great patriot. We're really enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, we're enjoying this conversation. If you have a question you want to ask, uh, Rich, it's 508-444-2120. And you could also give us a text on the rapid fire line, 508-444-2120. Uh, real quick, we do have one question here that came in. And uh, it's from G-Webs out in Tucson. He says, you've been in the game for a while now. How do you think we're doing overall as of mid-2023? Oh, heck, as soon as McDonald was decided, I declared, we're on a steamroller, we're on a a roll with a steamroller. Yeah. You could see it coming. Yes, I agree. Um, And I think, uh, you know, and I think the other side knows it, because I saw some articles like, this Bruin decision has just ended gun control once and for all, and they're lamenting (laughs) that fact, and I'm going, yes, thank you, thank God, (laughs) you know, Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's but huge. We, we got to stay on our toes because just like your example of Massachusetts, a stun gun is all these things, and I mean a a a, 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 a firearm is all these things, comma and a stun gun. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's not a firearm. No, uh, it's definitely not. A firearm is defined by something that uses an explosive charge to excise a bullet. Yeah. That's not what a stun gun does. Right. Yeah. And even if it did, it's a bearable arm and it shouldn't be regulated. Right. And a bow and arrow uh, is no less lethal than, uh, even more lethal than a stun gun. And they're not banned in Massachusetts, are they? No, they are not. We can even have compound bows, which would be the the fully (laughs) semi-automatic version of the longbow, right? (laughs) Or a crossbow. You don't need a license or a... Uh, permit to use a crossbow, but they are banned for hunting, so you can't hunt with one. See, the one thing that uh, I'm try- I try to find the right words for, and using the example of uh, uh, no weapon is immoral, um, and uh, it, that means a right to protect yourself, and and. And the British Parliament used the word from, we've had the right to protect ourselves from time immemorial. Mm. Yep. Before it was ever written, what we've always known. Okay, since we came out of the caves, probably during the caves. You know, there were no laws back then, but we've, it's, 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 the, it's the first rule of, of existence is defending yourself. And so in England in the year... Uh, nine, uh, eight, 890, 890 AD, uh, there was one of my heroes. I even, they probably don't teach it anymore, but when I was in the fifth grade, we studied Alfred the Great. 
of England. And also, uh, he was cool, and he was a sword fighter, and he built castles. And, you know, to a fifth grader, that was cool. And then uh, when I grew up, I got to climb on some of those castles and, and live vicariously in history. But then I found out in doing my research after I grew up that he is the first person in the Western world or anywhere in the world that we know of that wrote a set of laws that said it is the duty of every household, every man to be armed. Mm. And if you were part of his empire and you lost your husband in battle, the wife had to figure out how to stand guard duty and have uh, some sort of arms in her household. So the point is we've always been armed. There's never been a time in existence where we weren't armed. And I think it probably started when uh, somebody threw the first rock at Adam or tried to snatch his daughter, okay? Right. I think he picked up a club or a rock and <laughs> defended his household. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. And I, I think that our founders acknowledged the right to self-defense is the most basic human right. It's, it's right there with food, water, shelter, you know, the right to defend yourself and your family. And uh, Jesus had a lot of, you know, strong words about it as well. He even said, if you don't have a sword, go sell your cloak and buy one. Exactly, and, exactly. And, and I read that into today's language as, if you don't have an AR-15, go sell a coat and buy one. <laughs> uh, I mean, that might be a little stretch, but yeah. even still, it's the same It's the same thing, right? And yeah. he, he even said also that um, a man who refuses to defend his house is worse than an infidel. And, Indeed. And so... Indeed. And think about it. Like my whole, I had a huge paradigm shift about this. Um, I, I used to think when I was before, when I was single, like, okay, you know what? I'm a, I'm a young Christian man. If somebody like, if it comes down to me or them, I'm willing to lay down my life for them. Then I got married and had kids, and my, my paradigm shifted. I said, yeah. <laughs> wait a minute, I'm not willing to let my kids get violated and my wife violated. That is my obligation and my duty to protect them. And my kids have a right to have their dad come home and be a part of their life. And my wife has a right to have her husband be at home and come home. And, you know, so I have a duty to my family, to my community, to my, uh, my friends to, to actually defend my life. And that's, Certainly. that's not immoral. Certainly. There are two, uh, elements in, in, um, the scripture that are, I think might have been mis, misinterpreted by James the first uh, when he had the Bible translated. There's the phrase "turn the other cheek," mm -hmm. and I figured it out. You turn the other cheek to members of your family, mm. not some hostile outsider, criminal, yeah. or invading army. Okay, it's your family that you turn the other cheek to. <clears throat> and the other thing is the sixth commandment or seventh commandment. Um, I think it should have said thou shalt not murder because murder is intentional. Killing in defense of your life is not a crime. Right. That's a, that's a survival element. Yeah. And we realize that self-defense is, is legal mm. and necessary. 
Yeah, and I think that no, in both that cases... Up, confuses a lot of Christians. Yeah, no, you're right. And they use both of those examples a lot in their anti-gun agendas. And I think you're 100% on point. What does turn the other cheek actually infer? That's a de-escalation technique. That isn't saying, let your kids and wife get slaughtered. (laughs) It's saying, it's de-escalating. And if you look at the rest of that scripture, it says, if a man desires your shirt, give him your cloak. That's charity. If he wants you to walk one mile with him, go two. This is uh, being our brother's brother, not our brother's keeper. This is coming alongside people. And we see that a lot in this day and age. People are suffering from mental illness and need help and need charity. Those people are still important to bring to the, you know, to give that charity to. It isn't saying lay down your life for a violent, psychopathic killer. (laughs) It's saying you know, de-escalate the situation and show love into a certain situation. But there's many scriptures, like you said, about defending oneself. And and even uh, the thou shalt not murder is exactly what that is interpreted in from the Hebrew, uh, original Hebrew text. So, uh, you know, I think that uh, Jesus had some of the strongest language out there, especially about people who are willing to harm children, uh, cast a millstone around you. It would be better that a millstone yeah. be cast around oh, your neck and be one. thrown we into the ocean. We should hear more of that today, shouldn't yeah. we? Yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> um, so you you were talking off the air, too, about um, the Englishman's uh, fifth, what was it, the Fifth Circuit or something of Rahini or whatever? Oh, yeah, there's, there's a case coming up that applied for, uh, for hearing the certiorari at Supreme Court, and it's called Rahimi, R-A- H-I-M-I, and there, um, the issue is the uh, the Fifth Circuit, I think, Fifth Circuit, yeah, declared, uh, I'm going to give some numbers, 18 U.S.C. 922 G8, which says the federal law that says domestic violence uh, people cannot possess arms, and that was nullified in Fifth Circuit, but then you look at the case, the guy, what he did is he shot up five times, people shot up people five times over a two-day period and then went to his girlfriend's house and put some bullets in her front window, and he is charged with domestic violence instead of all those public uh, assaults um, the, day, the days before that. I, I think somebody got it wrong. Yeah. I think he must have plea bargained down. Oh, I was shooting up five people. That's not important. It's my girlfriend that was important. Right. Yeah, you're you're right. That happens. With, that happens a lot, especially in Massachusetts courts, where the most violent criminals out there that are uh, arrested on gun possession charges and whatnot usually end up plea bargaining down to lesser charges. And we have a mandatory minimum of one year in jail for an illegal uh, use of a firearm in the commission of a crime or even oh, in possession. And that's violence. Yeah, and it never happens. Like uh, we, one of the biggest cases around here of this was a guy. I don't like to say his name, uh, but no, yeah. he he uh, he killed a Yarmouth police officer after getting released from jail three years after being convicted of felon in possession charges and he had possession of th- over 30 guns he so that means by state law he should have been doing a 30 year sentence 
because it's one year per count, and he had 30 guns, so 30-year sentence. He gets out in three years and goes on to kill a Yarmouth police officer, uh, you know, well, in his attempt to arrest him. And it's just unbelievable. Uh, it's, un- it's unacceptable. And why is the people, why are the people that let him plea bargain down, and why are the people that let that gave him a three-year instead of a 30-year sentence, that would be a judge, we have a weakness in the system when they're able to be voted back in. Right. And I don't know the solution, but we just know we recognize the problem. It's like the guy that that was um, subdued on the New York subway recently. He had 42 arrests. Right. It's about time he was put away in a room somewhere. Yeah. On a farm. Uh, the police chief Conti here in the swamp said that the average murderer in D.C. has uh, 11 charges or convictions before their murder case. We don't deserve to live in, in that high-risk environment. Right. There's actually, That's why we have to be armed. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you never see anybody advocating cutting the horns off the buffalo to protect them from the lion. But that's the gun control <laughs> argument. Is it not? Like, oh, you, we need to disarm good people to make you safer from the bad people with guns. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Yeah, and, and I think the wheels of justice grind slowly, and I think that's what we're seeing in with the culmination of the magnificent Scalia decision and McDonald's spread it nationwide, and then you had Bruin that says, hey, you better rethink uh, the definition of uh, firearms and weapons, and we they just keep coming at us. Mm. Okay, so in D.C. they say, oh well, you you can have a rifle, but it can't have uh, uh, you know more than a ten round magazine. It can't have uh, an adjustable bunt, uh, uh, butt stock. And I try to tell the Judiciary Committee, I said, look. What you don't want guns in the city, but if my gun doesn't fit my wife, we have to buy. Guess what? A second gun, which you don't like. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, okay, go away. We have the power. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you know, there's an entire website called cwbchicago.com that talks about uh, they track all the people who are felons waiting for their trial date that go out to reoffend while waiting for trial on the first case. And I think that speaks very loudly to what you were just talking about, how, you know, by the time someone's finally put away from murder, they have 11 felonies prior to that. And it's like, why do we wait till they kill somebody? Why, why well, are why we? Not, yeah. Why are your kids, my kids right. uh, risk? Did you say that was C W letter B for Bravo Chicago.com? Yep. Yep. Got it. Charlie Whiskey Bravo Chicago.com. There we go. We need one of those in DC. Yeah, I know. And I think every, every community with high crime should also do the same thing because that's, uh, that's exactly what is going on all across the country where the highest rates of violence, you know, one of the things, Massachusetts loves to tout is that we have the one of the lowest rates of death by firearm in the compared to the country. However, they never want to compare us to Maine, New Hampshire, and Vermont, which are to our north that are constitutional carry states. Right. <laughs> and they have a far lower 
violent crime rate and death by firearm than Massachusetts, which is highly gun controlled and uh, highly restrictive. Uh, so, you know, if you look at it regionally, we have the highest rate of violence in New England, but they want to compare across the whole fruited plain. And All you have to do is look at uh, in Sarasota in the 60s before concealed carry, 20 years before concealed carry was a glint in Florida's eyes, the uh, Sarasota police had a program where they trained 2,000 women in firearms carry mm. and allowed them. And then they had a big publicity, <clears throat> a big PR in the newspapers. Gentlemen, there are 2,000 women that are packing heat. <laughs> and what's interesting is I have the book on this. It's called Women uh, Women and Guns, I think. I'll reference it in my book. Yeah. Um, but what happened is rape went down immediately and then went up in the adjoining counties. <laughs> yeah. I bet. I There's bet. your evidence. Hey, meatheads, what is wrong with you people in Massachusetts? Yeah. Yep. It's a it's a hundred percent. Facts. Oh, court. We can't look at facts. Oh, excuse me. Oh, no. Facts get in the way of a good narrative, which is yeah. guns bad, and if you <laughs> like guns, you're evil. That's the that's the narrative that they have to prop up, even though statistics don't don't support that whatsoever. Freedom is hate speech. Yes. Free, exactly like we saw in that. Uh, that uh, Judge Kyle Duncan at Stanford. Uh, yeah, uh, you had the you found that we, quote. Do you still have that handy? What's that? That co- the, the quote from that uh, that oh, yeah. professor. Sure. Uh, you mean what the professor said? Yeah. Okay. Uh, just uh, Justice uh, Duncan, you have important impact on things like Twitter and guns and COVID. Uh, we believe in free speech. Is, and then she paused, is it worth the pain it causes for these people to hear about your decisions? <laughs> Did she your say work but has in caused there? harm. She actually said that. Your work has caused harm. Did she throw a but in there, though? We believe uh, in free speech. What was after that? Did it say but? No, she just paused. And, oh. So the, uh, the pregnant pause was the but. Because yeah. you hear that all the time. <clears throat> I'm, I support the Second Amendment, but... Yeah, she said, we create a space, uh, quoting, we create a space of belonging in here. Read that. It's a safe space. We don't want to hear what you have. They don't want to hear what you have to say. Uh, And what what happens is, this is what she's, uh, what my response is, is Stanford should be uh, not a place for the lazy, it should be a place for merit and striving to grow, improve, and excel, not to lower uh, teaching to the lowest common denominator of the, the touchy-feely people. In other words, we can't have any dissenting opinions around here. Oh, yeah. Also, Judge, uh, what she's effectively saying is, Judge, we expect you to lower your partisan partisan standards of freedom and morality. Mm. Uh, and then uh, at some point she says, I mean, it was 10 minutes of haranguing against him. And then she said, okay, we're going to give you the floor uh, and people can stay if they want to hear it. And about out of a hundred, look like a hundred people easy, about maybe 25 quarter of the class walked out mm. and I'm going, my God, 
Uh, they just, they're closed-minded, they're propagandized, and they just walk out and protest. Yeah. It's, it's on, and I'm paying you, we're paying for it. Yeah, you're right. Jesus. It's unbelievable. The, uh, you know, the sad tragedy is <laughs> we've taken out, uh, you know, Second Amendment training, you know, safety classes, if you will, from the schools. I was probably one of the last uh, elementary classes to actually have a police officer come in and talk gun safety to the elementary school at my, you know, when I was growing up. And, oh. and uh, you know, it was common and ordinary. It was, you know, my parents remember the rifle team at their high school. They remember, you know, kids having their hand, uh, their rifles in their locker for the rifle team class, uh, rifle team practice after school, which had a, a range in the basement. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it was pretty common. No one ever got hurt. No one ever got shot. It was a much different uh, culture back then. And now uh, we like to blame inanimate objects for the for the actions of psycho-evil people. Well, there's two things that occurred. Uh, number one, there was the riots, uh, the civil rights riots of the 60s. And that changed our culture. Mm-hmm. And uh, what was the next thing uh, that changed our culture? The welfare certainly uh, was responsible for that. Uh, I think maybe 9-11 changed the culture where suddenly the government became the oppressor. Right. Um, and then, then, then our taxes went up and gun controls exploded. Um, and the murder rates increased from those two events. Yeah. Uh, I, I think um, we also had a, and I spoke about this in the first hour of the show, we had an unreasonable reliance on government to keep us safe. And that is the system that has been set up all of a sudden is this background check, the NICS system and the, you know, the form that everybody has to fill out and red flag laws and, uh, you know, uh, restraining orders and all this stuff is going to keep us safe. None of that ever translates into safety. It all translates into uh, a perfect storm for a breakdown in safety. When we shifted our focus from self-reliance and and dependency upon our own, we're responsible for our own actions, to government's going to keep everybody safe. Number one, the narrative is hard to pull back from. And number two, you know, we kind of lost because... It's never been government's job to keep us safe. It's never been our police officer's job to do it. Would they do it if they could? Yeah, but they're always reactionary. They're not uh, precautionary. They're reactionary. Yeah, and the Warren decision made that very clear. Yeah, The police are tasked with protecting the public, everybody in general, nobody in particular, and especially you. Mm. And that was Supreme Court case of about 1986 <laughs> uh, when some... Uh, some gals that were raped in their apartments for 24 hours, then sued D.C. and then all went all the way to the Supreme Court. Wow. <clears throat> so Christy on the chat line is asking you to tell the audience what you do right before you speak on stage to hide the audience. <laughs> <laughs> to do what? <laughs> it says, to, uh, have Rich tell the audience what you do right before you speak on stage and hide the audience. 
and high, I, I have no idea her, what she's talking tell about. Tell her I need a hint. All right. Give us a hint, Christy. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know if it was some some practice you do to calm the nerves or something. I don't know. Uh, all right. Maybe she'll chime in. She's watching. So anyway, and uh, KP says, thank you very much for all you do. Sincerely. And uh, G-Web says, I feel we're leaving a lot on the table by not having a 2A organization focused on the aging population. Am I wrong? Is there an organization focused on this sector of gun owners and greater society? Is that a question? Yeah, that's kind of a question. Interesting. There are people that would know far better than I, Leon Spears in D.C. Do you know that name? I do not, no. Okay, Leon Spears... uh, he is. Uh, he has multiple certifications, law enforcement and training certifications. Uh, he trains a lot of people whose names we don't talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he sees a general population. What I do is I have an advocacy of teaching women uh, what I call women's self-defense, comma, firearms. So I teach uh, an hour or two course. And then I go to the range for an hour, and that prepares them for the next step so that they can get some range time on their own and then apply for CCL. Uh, but I do that as an avocation, so I don't charge for it. So I don't see a big audience like Leon does, uh, and uh, George Lyon is uh, our CC- one of my CCL instructors and an attorney and one of the plaintiffs in Scalia decision. Uh and uh, so Coley in the War and, uh, and Leon Spears would be great people to get on your show and talk about yeah. that. Yeah, that's great. Make a note of that, Professor Claw, Leon Spears. We'll definitely try to uh, get him on the show. But Christy says that you go incognito and you hide in the audience. Oh, that, <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Yeah, a lot of people don't know. Uh, you know, I'm an old man. And uh, so I cover my face with a hat and my glasses. And what I like to do is go out and sit in the audience and try to talk to people. Yeah. And you get mixed responses, you know, hey, who are you? You know, you don't have an accent from New England or whatever. And then when they call me to speak, I jump up out of the audience, you know. Ah. And, and I know you hear them go, oh, my God, I was sitting right next to him. <laughs> what an oh, that's asshole great. I was. <laughs> that's awesome. You have the ability to go incog, so that works yeah. well. So See, it, I don't have an ego, so uh, I, I put it out on the table and give other people a lot of credit. Christy, is, she is, uh, she's is she got a story to tell you, if you're oh, yeah. not aware of it. Uh, it's, um, she has a story to tell, and now she is a, she is a strong proponent of civil rights, mm. First and Second Amendment. Yeah. Excellent. You want to have her on? We did actually. We had oh, her on. Okay. Yeah, we had her on a few months ago. We'll we'll definitely do it again for sure. And well, uh, yeah, absolutely. Where do I find it on the archive? Yes, uh, I'll text you the. Uh, we'll send it to you. Um, okay. We'll, we'll send it to you so you can watch it on the archive. The um, and I got to say, you know, it's a it's a heavy conversation. You know, it's it's important to get out there. It's a uh, story that needs to be told uh, and it's it's a heavy listen uh, so going yeah. off the air every 
gun owner needs to join Gun Owners of America and Oh shoot, did we lose the Hello Foundation and, and uh, our first our first two gun cases cost one point two million each. It ain't cheap. No, it is not. Yeah, tell everyone where they can find you and support your work one more time, uh, Rich. HellerFoundation.org. HellerFoundation.org. We'll drop that in the chat as well. Make sure you guys go sign up and support the work that he's doing. It's and it's great. He's a household name as far as gun owners are concerned. And I thank you, sir, for joining us today. It's been a fascinating conversation. We'll have to do this again. Um, so thanks so much for joining us, guys. Uh, as always... The show ends here, but you can always tune in at rapidfireradio.us or call the text or text the Rapid Fire line, 508-444-2120. And keep up the good fight in your community. Support and be a responsible advocate for gun ownership. And together as Americans, we can overcome. I'm Toby Everybody Leary. can do something. Yes, everyone can do something. Thanks again, Rich. And we'll see you next time. And see you guys next week. Thanks so much. I'm Toby Leary.